Shalom and welcome to the Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. The modern issue to be dealt with in this lecture could be best defined in the lyrics from a movie my youngest son enjoys called Alvin and the Chipmunks. Here are the lyrics. Cause you're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. You're in, then you're out. You're up, then you're down. You're wrong when it's right. It's black and it's white. So, what is up with these bipolar experiences that so many of us go through often on a daily basis? More importantly, what is the answer to this experience to overcome it and to turn it into a positive experience of growth? King David closes Psalm 106 with, and I quote to you the closing verse, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from world to world, and all the people shall say, Amen, Hallelujah. Our sages explore the history of our using the words from world to world and the meaning behind these words. Concerning the history of their usage, we find two opinions. The Mishnah states, at the conclusion of the benedictions said in the temple, they used to at first say forever, in uh, literally me'olam, which uh, literally means from world. When the Sadducees perverted their ways and asserted that there was only one world, it was ordained that the response should be from everlasting to everlasting, in Hebrew, me'olam ad olam, which literally means from one world to another world. The opinion of Rashi, famous commentator of Shlomo Yitzchaki, upon the Mishnah is that it is speaking of the entire history of this double wording of worlds. That in the first temple and in the second temple, until the Sadducees created their confusion, it was only one world. That's all they always said. Always, Olam, one world. Only after the Sadducees in the times of the second temple did we institute the double words. This is the opinion of Rashi, Rab Shlomo Yitzchaki, upon the Mishnah. The opinion of Rabbi Nachim Azariah Dafano in his book Asara Mamarot is that King David established it to be used in the first temple. That means when he said in the, wor in the verse, Me'olam ad olam, from one world to another world, then it was used in the first temple, and then in the second temple, they only said from world, Me'olam. However, when the Sadducees used this to prove that Judaism didn't believe in the world to come, our sages instituted back to the original wording of the first temple from world to world. Thus the Mishnah is only speaking of what was happening in the second temple, that at first they only said Me'olam, and that the first temple did always use the double expression of worlds. So here you have the two opinions when they used the words Me'olam, Ad Olam, was it in the first temple and then in the second temple after the Sadducees started perversing the meaning of it, or was it never in the first temple, never in the second temple, until the Sadducees came along? That's the historic part of it. Let's look into the meanings of the words from world to world. 
is simply defined as this world and the world to come, as in the afterlife or in the times of Mashiach. There's two opinions what the world to come means. However, what we are going to be focusing on is the different mystical opinions upon what these two worlds are. What is the godly energy flow that the verse is speaking of? And how this manifests itself in our service to God and how through this to overcome the bipolar energy shifts that we experience. Let us begin with understanding what the definition of a blessing is. Right? That's what the verse is saying. King David is saying, blessed be the Lord God. What does it mean blessed? What is a blessing according to Jewish mysticism? In Hebrew, the word for blessing is bracha, which can also come from the etymology of the word bericha, which is used in agriculture. For example, the word bericha is used in the Mishnah when it talks about the laws of the agriculture. And this is what the Mishnah says about the word. He bends a portion of the vine and buries it underneath earth in order that it will grow into a separate vine. Thus, Kabbalah defines the word beracha to come from the word bericha, which is now to mystically mean when we draw from a godly energy into our physical lives. Thus, when the verse states, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from world to world, it is mystically speaking of drawing godly energy and light from one world to another. Now let us explore the different opinions upon the two worlds that the verse is speaking of according to Kabbalah and Hasidut. The mystical two worlds that we are speaking of are the Alma de Iskasya, which is hidden world, and the Alma de Iskalya, which is the revealed world. These two worlds are translated as the manifestation of two different emanations, that of understanding and that of kingship. There is a special relationship between these two emanations as they are referred to mother and daughter, understanding Bina being mother and Malchut kingship being daughter. The depths of their mystical relationship can be found in the relationship between King Solomon and his mother Bathsheba. The verse states, King Solomon writes in the Book of Songs, the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his nuptials and on the day of the joy of his heart. That's what the verse says. Mystically speaking, King Solomon is speaking of the flow and empowerment that flows from understanding to kingship, from mother to daughter. The question now is, which flow is King David speaking of in his closing verse of Psalm 106? Is he speaking of the mystical flow called from above to below? Or is he speaking of the mystical flow called from below to above? In other words, is the flow of refinement, is it the flow of refinement and elevation from kingship to understanding? Or is this the flow of divinity from understanding to kingship? Let us practically understand these two flows. Why does kingship need refinement and elevation? The answer is that kingship, which is the tenth and final emanation, is uniquely different than the first nine emanations. Kingship breeds separation, for a king can exist only when there is a nation. A king cannot be king over his own children, for children is one's continuity, and thus one with their parent. 
Kingship depends upon exaltedness, separation, and awe. Thus, kingship is the, for, is the source of ex nihilo, which is Latin for the creation process of something from nothing. Total separation between creator and the identity of creation. All the higher nine emanations are the product of and produce the process of an evolution from cause to effect, not that of separation. Thus, our physical world of egocentric identity is what kingship represents in the world of emanations, for she alone is our spiritual source which makes us possible. This is why kingship, the source of ego and separation, is where refinement and elevation primarily exists. We perform this refinement, we reform, sorry, we perform this refinement through working on our own humility and transparency to God in the intent of all our physical actions. This refines and elevates the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the home we live in, and all of our business transactions. Through our refinement within our physical practice, practical day-to-day -day living, we elevate the godly sparks within our world to kingship, which then elevate this light to understanding. The flow of from above to below is where our world below in general and each individual in particular receives its divine sustenance from above. This flow from above to below exists on different levels. There is the natural flow of sustenance in which the finite light, which is measured to feed each and every level of the entire universe with precisely the sustenance of each creation individually. This is the Kabbalistic and Hasidic de definition of nature. It is the spiritual system in which God set up for each creation to receive its amount of life flow and sustenance. Another type of this flow is that which is invoked and aroused th through the refinement service our I'm sorry. Well, another type of this flow is that which is invoked and aroused through the refinement of our service here below. When we precisely egocentric creations gifted with free will choose humility and to live a spiritual life of selfless intentions, we create an infinite amount of pleasure for God, which in return draws down an unprecedented infinite light within our world. Now we can return to one point of the below to above flow, which is the flow from above to below in which God empowers us to be able to refine our egocentric paradigm of separation and to transform it into humility and transparency by living a life of humble and selfless intentions. With this clear understanding of the two different flow directions of from above to below and from, and from below to above, we now return to the exploration of which flow is King David speaking of when he says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from world to world, and all the people shall say, Amen, Hallelujah. We defined what a blessing is, what the two worlds are, and what the two different types of flows within the two worlds are according to Jewish mysticism. 
what is left to still mystically define of this verse is Yisrael, Israel. When the verse states, Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel. What is Yisrael? His name was originally Jacob, Yaakov, and was then changed to Israel, Yisrael. Yaakov has within it the word Akev, heal. And the reason why they gave him the name Yaakov was, was because he was born holding on to the heel of his twin brother, Esau. The name Yisrael has within it the words Li Rush, which means unto me ahead. And the reason why he received this name is because, let me quote to you what the angel who he fought with said, because you have, command, you have commanding power with an angel of God and with men, and you have prevailed. However, there are actually three different mystical interpretations to what the word Yisrael actually is, in which the first and the second interpretations are opposites, and the third unites them. The first is based on what we explained on the name Yisrael, that it is the two words of Li Rush, the level of head. This would be as the world which is the emanation of understanding. The second interpretation to Yisrael is based upon the verse, Man's soul is the Lord's lamp. A lamp is a cup that holds the oil, and thus the power of Yisrael is its humility and transparency to the oil of God. This would be as the world which is the emanation of kingship. Now you can see that these two interpretations of Yisrael are opposites, in the sense that one is the top of the totem pole, head, and the other the bottom of the totem pole, just a vessel, a lamp, which is open to the oil of God. Thus there is a third interpretation in which Yisrael represents the emanation of Tiferet, literally beauty and splendor. We're soon going to explain that. Let us explain what the emanation of Tiferet means in practical terms. The ten emanations are divided into right, left, and center. For example, kindness is on the right, justice is on the left, and compassion is in the center. Compassion is the human experience of Tiferet. The job of Tiferet is, being the center, is to bring together right and left and to connect the lowest to the highest. This is why Tiferet connects kingship to above. And as you will soon see, it connects kingship to beyond above, into the essence of the supernal crown. Let us now understand the power of Yisrael. The power of Yisrael is that the godly soul, which is truly a piece of God, descends and fully clothes itself within a physical body of egocentric separation. The life service of the Jew is to live within this egocentric reality of the physical body and to day by day, experience by experience, decision by decision, and action by action to refine his physical egocentric experience of reality and to transform himself or herself into a transparent lamp, a vessel to God's, for God's life. This is how one experiences inner peace and serenity within their life, bringing together the two polar opposites within him, the godly soul and the physical body. At this point, we can bring it all together and see 
that what King David is really speaking about is both flows and beyond. This is one of the amazing things that you will almost always find in the teachings of the Rebbe of Righteous Memory. It begins with a choice of two paradoxical levels within the spiritual system and then ends up with a total quantum transformation of the two, bringing us to the ultimate transnatural spirituality beyond the spiritual system, and then brought into the most practical way of living with this ultimate transpiritual God energy that permeates, saturates, and transforms our inner spiritual and physical systems. King David is first speaking of the flow from above to below that empowers us to refine, transform, and elevate ourselves and the below around us. Then King David is speaking of the below to above flow in which we below actually refine, transform, and elevate our below to above, which in turn now connects us to the trans above of the essence of the supernal crown, which in turn now brings us the ultimate flow of beyond above to below. And King David is telling us that we can accomplish this because we are Yisrael, which is Lirosh, the head above, lamps for God's oil below, where the lamps, where the below, and because we are Teferet, the center column that connects the two ends of the totem pole through our service of refinement, transformation, and elevation, which then in turn connects us and brings us to the beyond above to below flow of the essence of the supernal crown in our souls, our bodies, and our world. Now we can understand, in closing, why we have bipolar experiences and how to get beyond experiential bipolarism. I am carefully saying experiential bipolarism because I am not speaking of the medical condition of bipolarism which demands medical assistance and according to the, medically and according to the Torah to receive medical assistance and medicine. Yes, the Torah commands us that when we need medical assistance and medicine, if we have the medical condition of bipolarism, we must go to the doctor and regularly take the medicine. So I'm not talking about the medical bipolarism. I am carefully saying experiential bipolarism. The reason why we experience, and as the opening lyrics stated, cause you're hot, then you're cold, you're yes, then you're no, you're in, then you're out, you're up, then you're down, you're wrong when it's right, it's black and it's white. Why do we experience this experiential bipolarism? It's precisely because we are made up of those two polar opposites, which come from having both a godly soul and a physical body. However, in essence, what truly defines us is not what we have within us, the two opposites, as much as that we are the center column of Teferit, which allows us to live a physical life of spiritual living through humility-driven, selfless intentions. As we embrace this life action by action, 
we transcend beyond the paradox of the polar opposites within us and we watch them unite and become one truly stable existence of joy and tranquility. Don't go bipolar on me now and go to the extreme. Simply, after you hear this lecture, simply do a selfless good deed for another person and watch the miracle begin. This is why King David ends the verse with, and all the people shall say Amen, Hallelujah. The practical application of doing the, rex, the next right thing is the practical ma magic that each and every one of us, like the words of King David and all the people, is the practical magic that each and every one of us can perform. This is what makes life one big beautiful hallelujah. Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless, divine solutions. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.